Hey everyone, and welcome to the NCC More podcast. This is a time where we kind of come around the table and continue the conversation, try and add a little bit more value uh, to our talk that we started on Sunday. And, and we just finished up. Sunday was our last installment, our last uh, session of, of Friend of Sinners. Nine, part nine. Part nine. That's a and long so series. It, it was great. It was yeah. we did it all summer long, but it was based out of this book by Rich Wilkerson Jr., friend of Sinners. Which, if you didn't get a chance to buy the book, if you haven't read the book, we still have copies uh, down. You can pick one up on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, just because the series is over, doesn't mean you get a, you get a, you get, right. a, you get a skimp on the book. You got to get right. the book and read it. But man, Philip, Sunday was so incredible. Mm. It was amazing. Mm. You talked about imitate and elevate. Yeah. And we talked about how a lot of things in life are are based off of imitation and observation. Yep. You know, fashion trends and business models. A lot of people imitate things that are successful. Yep. And if we want to be successful Jesus followers, yep. if we want to uh, uh, excel in following Jesus, yep. we have to observe and imitate yep. uh, uh, Jesus. Yep. And, and you gave a couple of ways uh, that we do that. Mm-hmm. And you talked about uh, the number one thing that we need to be doing. And you kind of culminated, you kind of wrapped up the series. Yep. You talked about meeting people where they're at yeah. uh, and how important that is. Um, and you said this, and I want to talk about this for just one second. You said, I, can gen- I can't genuinely meet people where they are if I privately mistreat people for where they are, yeah. which I think is such a powerful truth. But uh, how, how do we come to a place where we recognize where we're mistreating people in private? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great question. Before we answer that yeah, question, yeah. let me just add a little something to the whole concept of the observation and the imitation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is why it's so important uh, that you read your Bible. Yeah. It's why it's so important that you read the Gospels for yourself because too many times we don't observe the Jesus of the Scriptures. We observe what somebody told us about Jesus in the scriptures. Mm, Wow, wow. And what people have told us might not be the Jesus of the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And so if we have an observation Mm. that's not really in the scripture and we have an observation because this is what somebody else presented for me. Mm -hmm. And I see that observation and I begin to live out that imitation. I'm not going to be truly living like Jesus lived. So I think it's very important right off the bat that we realize I don't read my Bible to check the box and why I'm a good person and I'm a good Christian because that's what good people do. They read their Bible. No, I read my Bible for observation Mm, mm. so that I can see how Jesus really lived. I can see who Jesus really befriended. Mm -hmm. I can see how Jesus responded to certain types of people and I can observe that and then I can begin to imitate that. And I think that's so important because if I just listen to somebody else's observation, what they heard from somebody else and what they heard from somebody else and what they heard from somebody else, and it is far removed from who Jesus is in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Mm -hmm. gospels, the stories of Jesus here on the earth. And, And if I just listen to all of that, then what can happen is, is I can begin to mistreat people mm-hmm. because that's what has been passed down. Yeah, these people are, you know, 
don't hang out with and don't befriend the drunkards and don't befriend the drug users and don't befriend yeah. the that's what you know that's mm-hmm. ungodly that's unclean that's on whatever mm-hmm. and yet you find Jesus befriending these people who who uh, you know like Zacchaeus who were thieves and crooks right yeah. Jesus yeah. is going to their house and and was 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 hanging out what the scripture says is notorious sinners right mm-hmm. D- just despicable sinners right i mean right. and that's who jesus was hanging out with but when you observe the jesus of the scriptures wow you realize wow yeah. okay that's my observation this should also be my imitation mm-hmm. and that's why it's important that we do that um and just to come to the point that you said you know mm-hmm. if 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 we're going to genuinely meet people where they are, which yeah. is what Jesus did, mm-hmm. Jesus genuinely met people where they are. Um, he met them in their pride, the rich young ruler. We yeah. didn't talk about that on Sunday. Jesus met him in his pride. Jesus didn't push him away because he came up and said, what does it take to get into the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, obey the law. I've done that all my life. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Like, no, you haven't. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, right, right. But Jesus didn't, didn't shun him away. Yeah. Jesus met him right where he was in his pride. And, mm-hmm. and when the young man wouldn't follow Jesus and he turned and walked away, the Bible says that Jesus was sad. Mm-hmm. Jesus met him right there where he was, mm-hmm. whether it's your, your pain and your brokenness or your pride and your, your selfishness. Yeah. Jesus meets you right where you are. And so Jesus meets us right where we are. That, that's, what, that's what he did. So if we're going to genuinely do that, what I said is, is you can't privately, privately mistreat people for where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, and, and, and that just means that whenever, whenever I, whenever I meet you mm-hmm. and I need to love you, I need to forgive you. I meet you out there in the real world. I cannot have been privately making fun of you, mm. telling jokes about you, mm. uh, um, belittling you, mm-hmm. right? And then meet you and expect to be who I need to be, mm-hmm. right? And that's what we talked about. My behavior here, yeah. I can meet you with a behavior. Hey, how are you? Oh, God bless you. Yeah, I love to pray for Oh, I care about you. I can meet you with that behavior. But if it is the opposite of my real being, sooner or later, that's going to be exposed, and right. it's going to be crippling. And mm-hmm. I can't keep the behavior up forever if it is not my being. And that's why we have to make sure that we are the right person. Jesus transforming us from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And, and and this is so important that we 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 stop mistreating people yeah. privately. Yeah. We stop making fun of, of people. We stop talking about people. It doesn't matter if we're talking Democrats and Republicans. It doesn't matter if we're talking white and black. It doesn't matter if we're talking foreigner. It doesn't matter what we're talking. We've got to... Stop mistreating people privately mm-hmm. because I need to be like Jesus and meet every person where they are. Yeah. Muslim, Buddhist, what it doesn't matter. It doesn't I gotta meet people where they are. And the only way I can do that is if I'm prepared for that meeting. And I can't be prepared for that meeting if I've been privately mistreating. Mm, mm, mm. Are there other ways that people mistreat people in private than making fun of them? Well, I think that um, yeah, you, I mean, you 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 make fun of them, you talk bad about them, um, you create a negative connotation about mm-hmm. them. I mean, that's that's the you you are mistreating them when 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 you know like what we, what we always say is when when there becomes you know a, 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 the other right mm-hmm. those people. Mm-hmm. What are those people? What are those people that are clueless to you? Yeah. Those people that are. That are that are lost. Those people that are messed up. Those people. What are those people for you? You yeah. know. And so, um, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't belittle the poor and, and and have feelings towards the poor people and then go serve poor people with a with a genuine heart. Right. I 
can't do that, right? right? And so I've, I've got to make sure my being and my behavior are really mag- matching up so that I can continue to live out and it doesn't mm-hmm. create, you know, failure in the long run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's critical. You also, you let into, from that, you let into, you can't meet people where they are if you're constantly, if you constantly retreat from where they are. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we talked about this in, we, we talked about this, you know, in, in meetings outside of this. And then also this concept of how do you find that balance of, you know, your circle, your inner circle, your crew, you got to be sure, you know, you got to check your circle. We yeah. talked about that a couple of weeks ago sure. versus, you know, embracing people who are in the mess. Yeah. You know, how, how do you navigate that balance? Yeah. You know, that, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I, first of all, I think it, it, it starts, let's, let's say it like this, people that have been in church for a long time mm-hmm. have a tendency to drift away from the mess. Mm. People that just got in this, yeah. just stepping into Christianity, just coming into relationship with God in the last four or five years, and th- this is a new thing, and this is a whole new thing, that their tendency is to be more closer to the mess, right? They're they're closer to the mess. And so the the temptation, the longer you stay in, the the more Christians you hang out with, the more people from church you go to dinner with, the less connected with the world you become and the more connected with with believers you become. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like the longer you've been in church or the longer you've walked with God or been saved, whatever we want to say to that, then then it's almost like you have to be more intentional about constantly reaching into the mess. Mm. But if you're just coming out of your own mess, yeah, you better be intentional about grabbing onto somebody else. Right. Because if you've been in the mess, guess what? Everybody you know is in the mess too. Right, right. So you gotta re- you gotta reach up for some people who can help you up out of that mess, mm-hmm. right? And so whenever you whenever you you're in one of those two places, you need to know intentionally, I need to be reaching for some some mature Christians are too. I need to be reaching for people in the mess because the longer I'm here, mm-hmm. the less likely it is that I know people, that I'm surrounded by people, yeah. that I'm in relationship with people who don't know God. Yeah. And so I think that that's always that's always a great a great filter of like mm, how far good. along in this process am I, you know, and and yeah. that can be one thing. And then the other thing is is that we need we need both. Yeah. No matter where we are in our journey, we need both. Yeah. We, we constantly need people that are in the mess, and we constantly need people in our life who are helping us, equipping us, empowering us, and pulling us up to that next level. Yeah. That's, it seems to me, whenever you're saying that, I just never dawned on me. It seems to me where where you need to gravitate toward is almost where you're most uncomfortable. Oh, so yeah. for someone who has Very been good. grown up in church and been in church a long time, it's uncomfortable to gravitate towards people who are in the mess. Yeah. Or if you're just fresh out of the mess, it may be comfortable because that's your routine, that's yeah. your habit to affiliate yourself yeah. and, and to make that your main association with people who are in the mess as that's well. Right. That's right. And so kind of like resist, you know, we, we say here at North Point, get comfortable being uncomfortable. That's right. Very you know? much so. Yeah. Very much. I totally agree with that. Mm, mm. And then you, uh, so then you uh, were, uh, um, went from there and you talked about uh, going into uh, convenience. Mm-hmm. And you said, Jesus didn't call us into the great convenience. He called us into the great commission. Yeah. And uh, of course, you know, we know this people, 
people don't need your help when it's convenient for you to yeah. be needed. Yeah. Uh, but how do you, if you're stuck in convenience, we live in a culture that's inundated with yeah. convenience. Absolutely. We're a convenience-driven society. How do you move from convenience to commission? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. You know, and I think a lot of it, I think I even I mentioned it on Sunday, but so much of it too is personality. Mm. It's personality driven. I am a, my personality is I don't, I don't like spontaneous. Right. I don't like surprises. I like to have everything on my calendar. I think about my day. I map out my day before I go to bed the night before I have thought about Every meeting, the routine, I know what time I'm waking up. I know what I'm going to be doing. Almost every minute of the day, I've already got it planned out in my head. I, that's just the way I've always been. That's the way I've always done. I enjoy that. I enjoy the consistency of that, the routine, mm-hmm. no surprises. That's what I like. Yeah. However, <laughs> whenever you get a phone call and somebody is in need, mm-hmm. somebody knocks on your door and their life is falling apart, in that moment, okay, I know that what I thought I was going to be doing at 2.30 in the afternoon is going to have to remove itself from my calendar. It's going to have to be pushed back somewhere else. It's, something's going to have to happen because in that moment, I've got to do what, what God is asking me to do. Yeah. And, and that is meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. Don't retreat from them. Don't hide from them. Don't put my routine or my convenience over my calling, mm-hmm. and my calling is to go into all the world, mm. is to touch all people, mm-hmm. and to meet them exactly where they are. So I can't meet them where they are if I'm retreating from where they are and say, well, that's just not convenient for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's not, that That was never, the, the, the point is not convenience. Yeah. Um, now, at the end of the day, I still love my routine. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I still love my structure. But I have had to work to the place to say, I will not elevate my structure over the command of my Savior. Mm-hmm. The the command of my Savior is always going to take precedence in my life. Yeah. And so um, uh, I think that that's where you have to, what, what you have to work towards. Uh, but there's other people that are the opposite. You know, I mean, right. let's just be honest. Like, they, they love the inconvenience. Mm-hmm. It's not everybody like me. More like, you know, the more inconvenience, the better. I love it. Spontaneity. I had no idea. I spent all day changing a flat tire and taking somebody here. That was the greatest day ever. Like, that's how some people are wired. And they love inconvenience, mm-hmm. but what they hate is structure. Mm-hmm. We'll pray for them, but that's what they, <laughs> you know, but that's the way they are. So it's not everybody's yeah. struggle. It's not everybody's struggle. Some people really enjoy that. But just struggle for people like me, though, personalities mm-hmm. like me, is, and you can't fall victim to mm-hmm. convenience. Is there is there a con to being someone who, like, who is very spontaneous and embraces the inconvenience? <laughs> Since yeah. we're talking personalities, yeah. <laughs> none that I want to say on camera. Okay. I mean, other than the fact that they don't get anything done. But other than that, I mean, uh, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. No, really, um, you know, I think that the. Um, um, you know, that, that spontaneous, it's the exact opposite. You know, your strength is your weakness and your weakness is your strength. I mean, yeah. that, that's what it is. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you don't put things down on your calendar and you don't build a schedule and you don't build a routine, there's a lot of things that you're not going to experience that you would experience if you yeah. if you got a little better at that, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, you know, it's, it, it's knowing that strength and that weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving from there, you moved right into, so we, we have to... Um, Oh gosh, I'm losing my place. Uh, we have to 
meet people where they are, mm -hmm. but then also we have to tell people who they can be. Right. Uh, we have to, you know, boldly speak, you know, their next step and yep. talk to talk to their identity. Yeah. Uh, and, and really just encourage them in who God has created them to be, who God's bringing them into uh, in this journey. And, and you said this, you said in doing that, you can't, you don't judge people for where they are because you've already made a judgment about who they can be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, a lot of times we're so, uh, it's easy because it's, it's human nature to be so yeah. overwhelmed with, you know, people yeah. who have hurt you, people who have, you know, uh, you know, failed you, people yeah. who have done this. How do you move past moving, judging them from where they are to making a judgment to who they can be? Yeah, no, that that's so good. Um, th this would be one of the, the, this would be one of the things that helps me helped me the most in my life. Um, th this concept, um, not and maybe not even maybe for multiple reasons, mm -hmm. um, multiple reasons because um, this this helps me focusing on people's future mm -hmm. is what really allows me. Um, to really want to step in the gap to help people on their journey. Yeah. I I am not, as we talk about all the time, I am not the one who is driven by sympathy and empathy. Mm -hmm. I'm not the person that sees you in the ditch and is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're in the ditch. I'm so sorry that you're there. Oh man, this is breaking my heart. Here, let me help you out because of that. No, when I see you in the ditch, I this is what I say. You weren't created to be in the ditch. You, you, you need to get out of that ditch because what is in your future is far better than, than where you are right now. And, and, and that is what has helped me really have a life of, of compassion mm -hmm. and a life of empathy, even if you would, because I care so much about people's future. I care so much about them knowing that no matter where they are today, they can have a better life. And so this has helped me. I don't judge people for where they are because I have already made the judgment about who they can be. Mm -hmm. So when I see you in the ditch, I don't have to have an emotional response. I don't have to have a heartbreak. I used to think something was wrong with me when I saw people who were hurting and but and I just didn't, oh God, you know, it didn't have tears. I didn't have any emotion towards me. But I realized I care so much because I care so much about your future. Yeah. I'll do anything for you. Not because I'm heartbroken for where you are, because I know where you were created to be. Mm -hmm. And and so for me, that's my motivator. Mm. And so it also keeps me from judging because yeah. I literally don't care. Mm -hmm. I, and I mean that. Mm. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you did. I don't care how you got in the ditch. I don't care how dumb you were. I don't care how many times you fall in that ditch. It doesn't matter to me because I know that you were created to live a new life. I know you were created to live a better life. I know where you can go in your future. So for for me, it's been the most helpful thing. I've already made a judgment about who you can be. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I don't I don't need to sit back and judge what you believe. Mm -hmm. I don't need to judge what you say. I don't need because I've already made a judgment mm -hmm. about who you can be and how you can transform yeah. and how you can grow and who you can become. And once you've made that judgment, I don't need to judge. Yeah. Now what about what about someone who's more who is more leaning like towards empathy, leaning towards sympathy. And whenever they see people in a ditch, whenever they see people in a mess, you know, there's that tendency 
in, in human nature to, to kind of coddle someone yep. and kind of uh, not really help them, but just kind of empathize with them. Yep. And it doesn't really bring anything. How, how do you, how do they coming from that, that extreme come into, you know, developing that goal or that tenacity to, to not just empathize and sympathize, but actually reach down and pull up and, and boldly speak you know, to someone who they can be. Yeah, no, and, and I think this is, I think it's really great. I think you need to know where your strength and your weakness lies because for me, when, like when I say I don't care, that's kind of been my problem. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, that's not a great thing either. Right. And so for me, I've had to learn that, you know, I, I need, I need to care. Mm-hmm. I need you to know that I really care. I really do care about you. I just care about your future but if I care about your future, I got to care about where you are now. Because mm-hmm. you can't have that future if you if I don't care now. You yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So you need me to care. You need me to listen. You need me to pay attention. You need me to see you, recognize you, all those things. That's what you need. So I understand that. Okay, now you flip the script and say, okay, I'm the person that, that cries over the person in the ditch. And man, my heart breaks for the person who's having a hard time. And I, that's like, that's me. Okay, well, now what I've got to realize is that if I don't help you move forward, then all I'm going to do is put you back in the ditch. Mm. I'm going to stay brokenhearted for you, but you're never going to move forward. Yeah. And when I realize that's not what that's not what God has called us to do, He said, "Go into the world and make disciples." Mm-hmm. Okay. That means I got to go in the world. I got to pull people out. I got to meet them where they are. Pull them out of where they are. Mm-hmm. And then I've got to help you move forward. Mm-hmm. Literally, discipleship process to progress. Right, right. That's what we say here. So I realize I've got to find you there. I've got to care for you there, but then I've got to move you forward, yeah. right? The Good, uh, good Samaritan story, right? He didn't yeah. just find him in the ditch and just, I'm so sorry, and bandage his wounds and leave him there. Dude would have fallen back in the ditch. Mm-hmm. Carried him to the inn, told the innkeeper, take care of him. I will come back, you know, the, the whole story there. But that was moving, mm-hmm. moving somebody forward, moving somebody to health, moving somebody to wholeness. And I think that that's, you can be, Man, full of compassion and sympathy, but don't just cry with somebody in their ditch. Yeah. Pull them out and move them forward. Yeah. That's kind of like the old the old uh, adage where, you know, we, it's said around churches, you know, God loves you where you are, but he also loves you to leave you where you are. That's right. Where you That's are. right. That's right. You know, yep. he, he, he has a better future for you. That's he right. He has a, you know, That's right. uh, uh, an abundant life for you. Um, uh, also, uh, you, you talked about what do you see uh, a person's faults or a person's future. Yeah. Um, how how do you whenever you're so uh, whenever you're so hurt by someone who's faulted you? Yeah. You know they you maybe you got let down by a spouse or or you were backstabbed by a, a good friend a close yeah. friend or or you know you have coworkers who are going behind your back. Whenever the faults are so big. Yeah. How do you how do you get over seeing that and seeing into someone's future? Yeah. Well, I think there, there's two different things, you know, you have to say there is like one, uh, there comes a point where, you know, like, I'm not going to trust you anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like, I'm not going to do business with you anymore. Right. You're not, you're not going to, you're not going to be working for me anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be my friend anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you're not, like, there comes a point where when you've done something so many times, right? Yeah. That there comes a point where we're, we're going to go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
But just because we go our separate ways doesn't mean that I have to stop believing in your future. Mm. So we might not do business, but I believe that God can change you and transform you and turn you in to what he really wants you to be in the future. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's like two separate things. I think sometimes people get these things like connected and they're like, but why are they? No, we're talking about two different things because there are plenty of people that, that, um, get, get, get pushed out Mm -hmm. of trust, but I still believe the best about their future. Right. Because I believe in a God who can change their life. Right. So how can I not believe in your future if I believe in the God who created you to have a future and a hope? Right, right. Right? So I have to believe in your future, but we're not we're we're not gonna live life together anymore. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that that, that that's the two does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. You know, that's the two. Totally. That, that's the two things that you you gotta you gotta you gotta break it up right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and so it's like, well, you know, you don't see their faults, so we had to stay together. No, we don't. Yeah. No, that has nothing to do. It has everything to do with how I view you. Mm-hmm. No, I think we can part ways, and you know, just like if you if you were stealing money from me, right? right. I mean, you every time I looked up, a hundred dollars was missing here and hundred dollars missing there, and. Yeah. Jared's the only one, you know, coming into my office. But every time he comes in my office, $100 is missing, right? And then, I mean, it's like sooner or later, I'm like, man, we, this has been good. It's been a good run. But, you know, I'm not going to let you keep taking $100 from me every time you come into my office. Right. But when you walk when you walk out of the office mm-hmm. and it's Sirenora, I don't have to go. Every time I see Jared, thief, crook, <laughs> robber, I can believe in the God who can change your heart and change your life and give you everything that he has in store for you. And I can believe in your future yeah. and see past your fault. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to keep you lit, sneaking in my pocket, I, I, pulling yeah. out a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right, Does that right, make sense? Right, right, right. That, that is so good. That's I think that really helps bring clarity to how you navigate those two differences. Yeah, yeah very much so. Uh, it's been an incredible series. Yes. Absolutely incredible. But next Sunday... We're starting something a little Man, new. Yeah. Do you want to give a little snippet real quick Man, I to, would love to, to people? I would love to. We're, we're moving into the month of August. Accelerate, right? This is our year of acceleration, but it's not just accelerate the way you normally spell it. It's excel. Yeah. All right. Okay. You know I'm going to mess around with that. And we're going to be talking about the spirit of excellence. Um, and when you bring the spirit of excellence, when you bring your best to the table, yeah, man, what can really, really happen? And so, man, we're just going to spend some time talking about, um, uh, you know, that it, it, your excellence really determines the rate at which you accelerate. Mm. So when you bring excellence into your life, you, you are in control of the rate of your acceleration. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we're going to talk about how do you bring excellence into every area of your life and and the acceleration that that will bring. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be a great, great it's series. It's amazing. You don't yeah. want to miss it. We're starting this Sunday, 930 and 1115. We'll see you here.